You're doing great. Um, Just a little something for Ryan. <laughs> We're going to use that as the intro music. Um, <laughs> hello and welcome, everybody. Welcome back to The Creatives. I'll be your host, Ramsey. Today, I'm joined by Dina Elsawir, who is a director, screenwriter, and actor. That's a lot of hats to fill. And this is episode 15 of The Creatives. Today, we're going to dive into uh, who Dina is as a person, some of the accomplishments that she's had along her journey. Dina is an award-winning film director. She recently won the Digi60 Ottawa Film Festival for her latest short film called Dead and Alive, which uh, which I'm very excited to hear about because the story is pretty intriguing. Um but before we dive in, I just want to say thanks for joining us again on another episode. And thank you to our sponsors, uh, Midnight Hour Studios, for giving us the space to record these episodes for you. And uh, they're giving you actually 25% off your first booking in the studio. So it's a centrally located studio. It's pretty much a blank canvas studio space where you can come in here, you can record, you can do photo shoots, you can do whatever your creative mind uh, would like to do. And all those details will be down in the description box below. Uh, and then a shout out to Pano Media for powering the production. All the tools that we are using to create this podcast are, uh, you know, production tools from Pano Media that we're using. So thank you, Pano Media. Uh, that's a little bit of a self high five because <laughs> Pano Media is the company that I run. But uh, without further ado, uh, Dina, hi. Hi. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having yeah, me. Yeah, this is a little bit. It's always weird when I go from like talking to the camera to talking to the person because okay. you got to like think about all the people. I, I don't know. When you look at a camera, do you think about who's receiving it or are you just focus on the performance? That's a really good question. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm, it's like I'm talking to myself in a mirror. Interesting. That's how I see it. Cool. It's a good if way that to makes sense. Yeah, no, that does make sense. Mm. It's a good way to not overthink it because it is kind of a window into, I don't know, it's potentially millions of people could see what you did. Mm -hmm. um, but we're going to dive into that today uh, because you seem like a very interesting person based on the uh, some of the work that you've accomplished. And it's not often you see someone who directs and acts and screenwrites because those three are, are in each of their own category, very challenging things. So I think it's cool and I want to see how those three maybe tie together. So uh, before we dive into that, Dina, can you tell us a little bit about you, your origin story? How did you end up in Ottawa and where did you uh, kind of like Marvel, like comic book style, like flashback oh. origin story? Like where did you begin? Like <laughs> <laughs> you want a Marvel style origin yeah. story? Yeah. In the desert islands. Of the kingdom of Bahrain. It's not expected. That's what you asked no, no, for. No, I like I delivered. it. Yeah. No, I like it. Was the dramatic <laughs> posture. Well, I had to get into character. Yeah. No, no. Sorry. Carry on. I won't interrupt. Okay. No, it's okay. So, um, yeah, I'm originally from a small country called the kingdom of Bahrain. Uh, mm -hmm. And my family fairly recently decided to move back to Canada. We used to live here when I was a lot younger. Okay. And they decided to move back. And I was kind of on my filmmaking journey. So I only recently joined them. So I was trying to make a go of it in Bahrain. Uh, I did my master's in the States. And um, that was the last couple of years. And then mm -hmm. now I'm here. Were you born here? I was not. Okay. So you're born in Bahrain. You came mm -hmm. here, you went back, you came here again? 
Yeah. It's a couple times. Yes. Can relate to that. Ping pong, ping ponging around. Yeah, ping ponging around. I was ping, I ping pong around from like UK to here, back to UK, back to here. So. Really? Yeah, like twice. Same thing. Yeah. How it, does that feel? It was, uh, it was difficult. Like it was weird because when you're so young, like you kind of, everything kind of feels blurry mm. in a way. Like you don't really know what's going on. You're mm-hmm. just like, oh, cool. Oh, cool. What are emotions? I don't know what's <laughs> going on. <laughs> you're just like, oh, cool. I'm in London. <laughs> now I'm in Canada. Cool. Now I'm in London. Now Literally. I'm in Canada. Yeah, it was weird, but uh, what Bahrain? Okay, so I speak Arabic, and Bahrain does that mean like two beaches or two oceans? Because like yeah. Bahar is one ocean, <laughs> literally. Bahrain yeah. is two. O- is there beautiful beaches in there and at all? Like, what's it like over there? Bahrain is Bahrain is I think unique. Okay. I think a lot of it is when I say it's small, it genuinely is tiny. Like you can get from the west to east side in like I want to say half an hour barring traffic i did not know it was that small yeah so that has its pros and cons i love that about bahrain Mm -hmm. because it's just it's a really beautiful sense of community okay and a lot of people you know kind of visit bahrain for a little bit Mm -hmm. and i can't tell you how many people visit bahrain and just end up moving there really just because it is genuinely warm and welcoming and, and all of that it has like that small town vibe small town vibe like in your heart yeah but not when you go outside and you go places like there are some um, like beautiful places Mm -hmm. to see there i think is it i don't know i just think of like dubai and saudi arabia is it developed to that point like uh yeah commercially like where they have like giant skyscrapers and you know like busy metropolitan area like is it like that Mm -hmm. so it is a business hub okay but I wouldn't say skyscrapers. Okay. We do have beautiful buildings. Mm-hmm. Like some of the architects in Bahrain go off. That's awesome. So good for them. So unique structures. and like, I think so, yeah. That is really cool. So then what was, what was it like in the film industry on the other end of the world? Was it, was it prominent or was it kind of like a bit of a hidden community or what's it like? Or what was it like? You mean back there? Back in Bahrain. Like what was the film industry like over there, if, if any, I guess? Mm-hmm. Um, just like the island, okay. kind of small. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so I actually started in content creation. Okay. So I had this like pseudonym that I kind of still go by, Dina Pro, and um, I just started making short little videos. The first video I ever made was like 15 seconds for social media. Sweet. Um, but that was like a music video, so it was full from like start to finish, and it, you felt like you were watching a full video. So my experience in Bahrain is mostly like videography, content creation, things like that. And um, and I don't know if you know this, but I went to business school. So I worked in the corporate world for a couple, for like a little bit mm-hmm. um, before I said, you know what, let me move up from content creation and kind of go into this ginormous, scary world of film production. Mm-hmm. If you've ever been on set, it's kind of petrifying <laughs> yeah there's a lot of pieces a yeah, lot of moving pieces a lot of pressure a lot of a moving lot of pieces mm-hmm. that's cool so were you passionate about just i guess like visual storytelling and film when you were younger or did it come later in life yeah later and i'm really or no, okay. no, no oh from the when beginning I was younger, yeah and i'm really excited to say this on camera <laughs> you look with me <laughs> do it what are you gonna say when I was in, I want to say like fourth or fifth grade, mm-hmm. I have a notebook that I kept from school where, you know how they say kind of like just creative writing, write whatever. Yeah. I said, and I have this and I love that I kept it. I don't know why, but the universe. And it said, 
I want to be a movie director because I love writing, but as a director, I can bring my writing to life. I was like, how old are you when you're five, when you're in fifth grade? Fifth grade, like, you gotta be like nine or 10. Something like that. Pretty young. <laughs> yeah. So the, the seed was there. Yeah. And I kind of only came back to it as an adult, which is kind of crazy, but. That's a cool, like full circle yeah. moment. Yeah. What, what was it back then about film? Was it because of the writing and you wanted to bring your, your, your written work to life? And you thought, that's, that's pretty forward thinking of you to even consider film directing in the fifth grade. I don't even, in fifth grade, I don't even remember, like, you know, if someone asks you what you want to be when you're older, you're just like, I don't know, happy, alive, like whatever. <laughs> oh, that's, that's a really good answer. Yeah. Then. Yeah. Maybe if I had said I want to be a happy movie director, <laughs> I would have been one by now. <laughs> I'm only one of those things. No, but it seems like you have a chair with your name on it. So yeah. <laughs> that means you made it in my books at mm, least. That's nice. Thanks. Yeah. So as a film director, like what can you tell us about some of your recent projects or some projects that you want to talk about that you've directed? Yes. Before that, can we go back to the Does when I was a kid? thing? Absolutely. Yeah. Real quick, real quick. No, no rush. Um, so... You know when you play a video game mm-hmm. and you get to make your own character? That was my favorite part of a video game. Like, I would, I would never play the whole thing. I would play, like, one, two levels. Yeah. And I would just get all these games and make all these characters. And, like, in a way, I'm creating, like, the Dina multiverse. That's really cool. So, so you never actually played the game. You just made... I mean, I did, but I didn't really care. But you, you were focused on making the characters. Yeah. I just wanted the storyline, the yeah. plot. So then when you were growing up, like... Would you talk, would you express this kind of like interest to your parents, to your friends? Like, how was it received from people outside of you? Um, cute. Yeah. <laughs> cool. I don't believe you. Great. Yeah. That's nice. Have fun. Yeah. <laughs> so it was only until I quit my job and I moved to the States to get my master's in film where everyone was like, oh, it wasn't just cute. Like, yeah. you're for real. So. What does a master's in film even entail? Like, do you study old film work and like that's part of it analyze okay yeah it's a lot of it is analyzing because mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know you have all these ideas and everyone around you is creative but you it is important to learn from the creatives that came before you mm-hmm. to learn what to do what not to do um how like this thing exists because film's been around for over 100 years now mm-hmm most of the things that you're thinking of have been made. So it's just a matter of how can you make them a little bit differently and not just different to be different, but different in a way that is personal to you. Like I can only write things from my experience. Mm-hmm. I c- like, well now someone might do this, but I can write a screenplay about a character who loves to create their characters in video games. Only I can think of that because I live that. Yeah. But now someone might steal that, but that's okay with me. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, what is it? Imitation is the highest form of flattery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that is cool though. So like in that being said, a director, do you say, would you say a director's work is directly ref- like their life experience reflects on their work? Sometimes. Sometimes. Okay. Like you, it's also like people that you've met, mm-hmm. you know, and your perception of that, or maybe the opposite of your perception of that. Mm-hmm. So like. I just, so like, I just wrote a screenplay that I shot just yesterday. Like the whole thing you finished shooting yesterday? Well, it was, it was, it was super short. It's just super short. It's like two, three minutes. Okay, cool. Um, 
so yeah so it's about a son that loves his mom so much that he wants her to go to heaven so he he kills her yeah but that doesn't mean that that's what i want no it's just that just that is an interesting story yeah that just means i've met some people and i kind of felt like hmm, what what if it's that what if like honestly that what if rules over my life like what if right now a rocket ship landed right in this building Mm -hmm. and i would write that and it's just like those random intrusive thoughts Mm -hmm. that's what you kind of have to go with seem like you have a very interesting imagination then like when you're do you do you visualize things like like what sorry i'm gonna go back what is your process like when you go to write something Mm-hmm. or and like come up with a, a unique idea does it just come one day like while you're doing something else and you write it down and then then it materializes or do you have like a a dark room with no sound or no light where you sit there with a notebook and nothing yes. else yes i have a torture room you're right <laughs> dead silent yeah yeah you do no okay <laughs> you said that so seriously that's cool um no yeah the ideas come to you mm-hmm. and they're also sometimes ideas that you you think of when you're a kid mm-hmm. or I'm very like in tune with my inner child, if that's not clear. That's great. But um, so sometimes it's ideas that come to you and then life happens and then you kind of remember them. And you're like, OK, there's kind of something there. Mm-hmm. But that's that's only the overall concept. And that's what I hate about writing. So this is <laughs> so here we go on my rant. <laughs> Screenwriting or just writing in general? Screenwriting. OK. Because you can have a really good concept, mm-hmm. a really amazing sense of character, but you still need an emotionally, like you need to emotionally extract all of the vulnerability that you have to get a good piece of writing out. Mm-hmm. And that process is a lot. Is it? Yes. Is it just timely or is it just mentally taxing? Mentally, emotionally, yeah. Emotionally, yeah. yeah. Screenwriting is a, is a very interesting like I did a, a brief screenwriting course last year mm-hmm. and it, I, I found it quite challenging to like think in a way where you don't judge your thoughts and you, you unbox yourself and you're like, okay, don't judge your, your weird thoughts and ideas. Just put them down because I feel like we're so, I guess, uh, what is it? We're kind of conditioned to worry about uh, what people may think of our ideas that we just don't execute on them. But screenwriting is cool because it, it gets an opportunity to get out of that mm-hmm. but then you still worry like oh my god this is weird like, but you can't like yeah. those are the best those that's what, what would make you a good writer is the weirdness is yeah. the, the uniqueness yeah, 100%. yeah what what challenges me is i think very technically with production stuff mm, i think you're a videographer as yeah, well, yeah i do a lot of like like the lights and the audio like i'm that that, I, that is what initially drew me to video was the technical aspect and like all of the moving pieces that you can put together mm-hmm. in harmony to make something cool uh, so then when I, when it comes to like concept development and screenwriting and stuff like that, I get where I'm like, Hey, I don't know how to make this possible mm. that I'm so focused on like how to actually make it happen that I forget to just write creatively. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you feel the same or do you kind of focus more on the creative stuff and then worry about the other stuff later? Like the logistics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, right. Let, let it just kind of pour out of mm-hmm. you and then worry about the logistics, you know, mm-hmm. cause then <clears throat> you have at least the core message you have the full story mm-hmm. and then you can adapt it to your resources and your circumstances like, like, that's good that. advice i like that adapt it because then you, you may tweak certain things but you won't lose the core yeah. right so yeah so like 
Um, okay, so the film I shot yesterday mm-hmm. about the the sun, that, you know. So it could have been they're I don't know they're in the kitchen and they're talking and he's like, "Mom, you know I love you. You're an angel. You deserve to be in heaven." Like all of this. Mm-hmm. Then that would add a location. Yeah. That would add a, a company move. That would add an extra day of production. That when all of these things cost money. Mm-hmm. But at least if you write it out that way, you have the message that you want to send out. You have the dialogue. You have the idea. You have the character dynamics. Now you can be like, okay, can is this conversation something that can be had in a different place where the rest of the movie takes place? So the whole thing just happens in the car now. So that's what happened. So that's what happened. Okay. So like you adapt it, mm-hmm. but the core story kind of stays. Yeah. Because it's based on something that you kind of just wrote without inhibitions. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. That is cool. So did your experience or like your skill set with directing come from school or did it come from experience more? So, yeah. So film school kind of shocked me because I got into directing because I love working with people. Okay. Like I love working with actors and getting those performances. Like because I'm in tune with my like inner child, I find that it's a little bit easier to kind of connect with them on a natural level. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, you want to get to this emotion? Think about the time your mom yelled at you in the supermarket, but it was like a, get the The face. So accurate. Right? Flared nostrils. Like, Like, get back into the core. Like that vibe. Mm -hmm. So where was I even going with this? But it's... (laughs) Learning, (laughs) uh, directing and like how you said, working with people, bringing out the inner child. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. it's connecting with them on a level that's a little bit natural or Mm -hmm. something that we've all experienced rather than be happier, Mm -hmm. smile more, be act sad in this scene. Mm-hmm. You know, so I love working with actors in a way that brings their life experiences closer to the characters. That is cool. Experience. Because then it's like a genuine emotion at that point. Yeah. It's as close to it as possible. Mm-hmm. So it's cool. like their genuine iteration of that emotion. But so, uh, but so film school shocked me mm-hmm. because I was ready. I was like, I'm good at this. This is what I'm good at. This is what I love. I'm, I'm ready. No, there were so many components and um, and film school is amazing because it forces you to learn what the other departments do. Yeah. So that helps with being able to communicate more effectively mm-hmm. with your cinematographer or with your actors or with your whoever. Um, or that's how I got into screenwriting. From so, school? Oh. It's all good. Yes, I tried to write a script before film school. It was atrocious. And I sent it to some uh, talented filmmakers that I knew. Mm -hmm. And now thinking back, they were so polite. They were so nice because that was trash. Yeah. Did you look back at it and be like, what the heck? Yeah. What what was trash? The formatting or just like the entire concept? It's the idea. It's Mm -hmm. not trash. Okay. I don't want to knock anyone who's getting into That's my bad. Yeah. I'm Arab. I talk with my hands. I can't help it. No worries. (laughs) get this mic away from me yeah okay so um yeah no everyone's everyone has to write that 
first those first couple mm-hmm. you know not so great scripts absolutely to learn like you have to you have to suck before you're you good really do. if you don't suck before you're good you'll never know if you're good no you yeah you really do mm-hmm. like making mistakes is the best best way to learn mm-hmm. um but make mistakes when it's your own project and you make them for free yeah okay it's <laughs> <That's> good advice <laughs> so yeah it what was the question uh screenwriting oh, what you said what was bad about them they were just all oh, the early pieces yeah. yeah they were just like a ball a ball of cliches okay like all cliches like everyone and i just tweeted about this like two days ago mm-hmm. everyone for some reason i don't know how and it's this is universal their first screenplay character whatever like let's say ramsey mm-hmm. wakes up hits the alarm wakes up brushes their teeth all starts with a wake up all starts with a wake up and then i'm gonna go look back at my first screenplay and see if i started with a wake up and then a narration life is hard sometimes (laughs) wait 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 hold on you ever feel like this life can be more than you ever thought it could be but life is hard and today there's no different See, I just had a breakup. And it's always a breakup. It's either wake up or break up. That's oh the my God, that rhymes. Wake up or break up. Yeah. This is Dina's guide to amateur screenwriting. <laughs> so uh, without, you know, going too deep into that. <laughs> title, what, title of my book. Title of your, yeah, in the works, Don't wake right? up, don't break up. No. <laughs> Get original. Talk about nature or something. So <laughs> with screenwriting, if from what I gathered from the, the course that I did, it's you, you want to leave some interpretation up to the reader or the viewer, right? So mm-hmm. you don't want to necessarily spoon feed everything. Like Dina moved the blanket. Dina stood up. She got out of bed. Like you want to just say, like, can you just kind of walk us through, I guess, the style of describing an environment when it comes to screenwriting? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a conversation. Okay. If I have to if I tell you every tiny little detail of the story I'm trying to tell you, you're gone. Like Mm -hmm. you're spaced out. You're thinking about something else. You're thinking about like weekend plans or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, So you have to keep some kind of mystery while maintaining the structure of the story you're trying to tell. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So, visually described this is actually not my strong suit screenwriting (laughs) not screenwriting like um being visually descriptive because i really am a director like first and foremost Mm -hmm. when i write i write for myself okay i write so that i know what's happening um but i understand that in general screenwriting you have to be a little more descriptive Mm -hmm. you got to give it more texture um for me for the scripts that i write usually i just kind of make sure i have like Dina walks through the door angry or whatever, mm-hmm. livid because of what happened, blah, blah, blah. Um, a better way to write that is maybe Dina kicks the door in, nostrils flaring, you know. And then you can, I already imagine that, yeah. That's easier to imagine. Mm-hmm. So the idea is that wh- whoever, like the director that picks up your script mm-hmm. can see the world that you're building. That's cool. Yeah. I cut a lot of corners, if I'm being completely honest, because 
I already see, I've already seen it in my head. Mm-hmm. I'm just writing it for all you guys. I don't like it's for your crew, right? Yeah. So that they are aware of what the story is yeah. and, and then they can also visualize and yeah. work out the logistics. Crew barely reads scripts. <laughs> crew barely reads scripts. So then it's a lot of work <laughs> as a, as a director, then what, what does it, so let's say, you know, uh, you have an idea. How do you go from idea to film mm. to finished product, I guess? I, I like to ruminate. Okay. I like to stay in that world for as long as I can. Like, I'll be driving, mm-hmm. and I'm like, this is dangerous. Don't do this. But I'll be driving, and I'll just be, like, in my head thinking about the characters. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, the character would drive like this. And then you start acting it out a I bit. Start, yeah, like, I just start, like, living it mm-hmm. for real. Um, I'm, like, making breakfast. I'm like, hmm. Like, you know, like, the, like the tea kettle, like over pours yeah you're just thinking it's overflowing on the cup yeah that's my process that is my scientific process like you you fully immerse yourself in the world of this screenplay that you're working on or the film right i try to you try to (laughs) but yeah so that but that's people around you like are they used to it or are they like what is wrong with dina like Um, (laughs) she's she's being a bit weird today oh oh my gosh that's like the least weird thing about me okay so we're good cool that's fine um but no that's idea that's concept Mm -hmm. and now i kind of have to because when you're starting out you kind of do have to be the director be the producer be be the actor if you need to be be whatever um because you're not working with a budget sometimes Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes you're paying out of pocket so i do have to like i have the concept i have the idea i put on my producer hat and i'm like okay realistically how can we get this vibe that you're thinking of like on in a production Mm -hmm. so then i kind of i don't know i try to minimize locations minimize characters minimize all that then i can write a script then i write a super quick draft then i can put the director on and go back into like la la land and imagine and think of casting and actors and all of those fun things um then I, that's like a very short-lived dream. Then I go back to looking for a crew that can actually make it happen. And then they will probably tell me all the things that I need to change in the script to mm-hmm. make it feasible, to be able to actually film it. And then that's kind of like just going back and forth, fixing up the script a little bit here and there, mm-hmm. um, to adapting it to the circumstances. And then, and then you get cracking. And then you kind of work with your DP on the shots, what do they look like? What does the lighting, what's the mood, the lighting mood? What's, um, yeah, just things like that. That is cool. I think that's a very interesting approach because that, that definitely will make you more rounded, more well-rounded when it comes to productions in the future. Do you hope to become like, what are your goals with directing? Like, where do you want to go with it? Do you want to continue doing these kind of projects where you birth them and then make them, uh, reality or do you want someone to be like here's a script Dina make it real yeah I don't I don't care about my scripts <laughs> okay you just kind of write yeah. them out of necessity just for the experience right I do but I do love my characters okay I love regardless them of deeply. what the project is yes like do you do you genuinely love the characters or do you kind of like you know force yourself to love them until you do no or you actually do i genuinely like the characters are like real people to me mm-hmm. they're real people that i know they're real people that i talk to um the dialogue is real mm-hmm. their dynamics real 
um and yeah that's no that's an amazing part of directing i think that is Uh, cool so yeah and then it's not uncommon for directors because i have screenwriting experience that helps me a lot because it's not uncommon for directors to take a script and you know a script that they're directing and kind of tweak it a little bit here and there because now it's it's technically it's out of the screenwriter's hands Mm -hmm. and it's up to the director there's a because there's a trust element as well Mm -hmm. so it's up to the director to build that world and what i see is or what the director sees are the mechanics the moving parts and all of that so character dynamics become a little more clear um and then adapting to the circumstances again from a director's point of view from a producer's point of view so i think if i got the most insane script that doesn't fit my personality at all you will still see my personality and i've done that before which is Mm -hmm. shocking to see so yeah so other people will be shook Mm -hmm. um so they'll they'll be like you know we just gave you the saddest most i don't know dehumanizing whatever script and you turn it into a (laughs) rom-com are they offended or are they kind of like it's just how did you do that yeah it's just interesting because it's also something that i wanted to see like how much power does Mm -hmm. a director have yeah so when you watch a movie and you're like oh i love this screenwriter Mm -hmm. and you're like "Mm, i didn't really mesh with that it's the director at that point Mm -hmm. most likely is that why the director is always the one who is glorified and not glorified, but it's their name like that everyone mm. sees. No one looks, oh, who's the cinema? Okay, I guess. Or who's the producer? No one looks at the who the producers are unless you're in the industry and you're like, oh, who's the cinematographer on this? I love the way they put it together. But most people are like, oh, directed by so-and-so's name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's their voice. It's like a okay. singer. Yeah. You know, like you like Rihanna's music when mm-hmm. she puts something out, if she ever puts something new out. <laughs> yeah, Rihanna. Gosh. <laughs> um yeah she totally watches this podcast <laughs> <laughs> you never know yeah we're manifesting yes so yeah you buy her album expecting mm-hmm. that rihanna vibe right you know you buy someone else's feature or like you're or you don't buy albums i guess anymore but mm-hmm. you know you listen you look forward to hearing a song because i don't know Kay Trinata is a feature on it and you're like oh i like that vibe i'm interested to see so it's kind of that thing. Same idea with the yeah. director. Mm-hmm. It's it's the vibe and the emotion and hundred percent. That is 100%. cool. Um, so I want to touch on some of the recent films, more so Dead and Alive, because that's kind of a recent one that you won an award for at the Digi Sixty, which is an Ottawa Film Festival. It's the only one in Ottawa, right? Like it's Ottawa's annual film festival. Well, we have <clears throat> we have the IFO International Film Festival of Ottawa. Okay. We have the Ottawa Black Film Festival. We have, sorry, I don't mean to like. No, that's fine. I'm a a film industry noob in a way. Like, like I've been on on a few production sets. I've uh, been a second AC. I've been a drone operator. I've been a grip. Where were you yesterday? We needed you. (laughs) You could have called me. I don't know. Yeah. Um, So I'm aware of the format of how film industry work, or like film sets work, but my... My goal was to always take film techniques and then implement those in the video production space. Mm. So for lighting, for audio, for for camera, just just all of the the techniques of cinema, which I I fell in love with the way people or way cinematographers approach an image like a a, a video. 
and I, I apply that on a regular basis with a little bit higher output in all in the video production space. And I believe it has, it's worked, it's been working because people do appreciate that kind of look, but also on a, with a faster turnaround and just for just delivering messages. But when it comes to like the film industry with film festivals and like big name directors, I don't really know too much about it. But uh, so you're saying there's a couple festivals in mm -hmm. Ottawa. But back to what you were saying, that must that makes your work so much more elevated. Like if you know the big technical concepts and you're able to like compress them mm -hmm. into like a video, that's just that's money. Yeah. Good job. Thank you. Yeah. It's cool. I that's mean, it's awesome. it's kind of it's materialized in this podcast. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. With the help of people, too. Like there's been people have guided the production to tweak it i've been worked with ryan our editor who's helped me like go try this move this move the camera Stephen lauren has uh been a huge or huge kind of uh guide and wisdom to the audio side of this podcast because steven's awesome. awesome so you've worked with steven right i have yeah and he, he'll also surprise you i haven't seen his podcast but i'm sure like He's, he's done, like, so many odd jobs here and there. He's awesome. I'll be like, I won't be surprised if I go to, like, I don't know, the Czech Republic, and you're a rock star there. Steve, you know, like, he just has lives. Yeah, Stephen's <laughs> wisdom has been a huge help in this podcast over the years because I've picked his brain about many things, and he's been super nice, so thank you, Stephen. Love that. Um, thank you, Stephen. Yeah. <laughs> but I was just saying, yeah, so this, this podcast materialized out of... Uh, you know, kind of passion for production and experimenting and then networking and meeting people yeah. and content creation and having there's there's many like reasons why I created this podcast, but it's like all of those seem to not even matter because I'm just focused on the individual conversations. And what I'm enjoying about it is we're exploring creativity and, and, and I'm exploring some production stuff just through conversations and it's like terrifying in a way. Like before podcasts, I'm nervous, like genuinely. Really? Most people come to like, I didn't sleep last night. I was nervous about the podcast. I'm like, I can't, me neither. <laughs> Sometimes me neither. Like, so. You sleep yesterday? I did. Uh, yeah. Oh, so you're slept. not nervous to talk to me. Oh, got it. No, I didn't sleep. Mm. I had trouble falling asleep. <laughs> you had nightmares. <laughs> nightmares of rocket ships coming into my, <laughs> landing in the house. See, that would be your vibe as a director. Yeah. Like, that would be a nightmare for me. It's more like a, I was thinking more like a space jam rocket ship. Okay. So like Looney Tunes yeah. fall out of it. <laughs> nice. Yeah. No, but I have played the director role a, yeah. a few times really? on like interview productions and corporate video. That's I do a lot of commercial video production. So that director role uh, and, and also every other uh film crew member role mm -hmm. you know you're filling in all the hats so you have to but i i've i think it'd be interesting to like actually direct a screenplay that's one thing i've never done it's been more so commercial video like i said not really i guess story what is it called narrative is that what it's called yep, narrative. narrative okay i think i think you would make a great director mm -hmm. i think with your experience of lighting and cinematography and all that and editing and mm -hmm. honestly everything i think and you have a very personable personality and you know how to carry a conversation very, very well. That's it. That's you it. You could be a director tomorrow. Yeah. I'm you just need a script. I do need a script. Does anyone have a script? Let's make it real. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, okay, back to Dead and Alive, which was the, f the film that you won an award for late last year. Can you tell us about the film? How, how did it come to be and 
how did you win an award for it and how did how i did don't that know make? how i won the award no Mm-mm. it was good it must have been good i, guess. I saw the trailer <laughs> i can't I can, the film is still a secret i guess did i not send you the link no that's okay i'm sorry i saw the trailer the story is intriguing okay. and i will watch it once i can i'll send it to you but can you tell us about the film yeah absolutely mm-hmm. so okay first off shout out to the digi 60 filmmakers film festival because it's amazing it's such a powerful support system for filmmakers okay i highly highly recommend anyone that's in the area to join and make a film because it is i don't know if it's like a competition kind of thing but it's a there's a 60 day challenge oh that's why it's called digi 60 yeah i guess it's a 60 day challenge yeah oh so we so they do screen films outside of the challenge as well okay but you can sign up so there's a challenge 60 day challenge you sign up and then the 60 days start once they announce what the theme is oh so they oh i thought it was completely your idea or like like completely out of whatever you want to make yeah no it was so they announced the theme which was oh escape last year that's it just escape okay so it's whatever escape means to you Mm -hmm. so i wanted to i mean obviously there's like the super obvious ways that you can do this yeah um but i wanted to do something a little different i wanted to put arab characters on screen Mm -hmm. um and uh and something i've I, i haven't seen before is arab characters in like a little fantasy world kind of vibe mm-hmm. and um and arab characters that aren't tied to like being muslim like that's not their personality trait yeah it's not <laughs> about religion yeah. necessarily yeah okay and so i just wanted to kind of i, I thought to myself, I was like all the things that you would assume an arab character would have like a shawarma place mm-hmm. or like a, there is a shawarma line at the end of my film just kind of like as a dig at yeah. people because um, yeah i'm taking the stereotype back yeah anyways so <laughs> it was always yours <laughs> wow no <laughs> not in a mean way okay. i mean <laughs> like, it was always mine to take back yes got it mm-hmm um, okay, so so yeah, so I went through a bunch of different ideas, mm-hmm. and I landed on two sisters trying to escape their family. Okay. But the second layer is that they resurrect some family members, and now they have to escape them, and at the same time, the family members one of them there's an evil uncle and he's trying to escape the dead so i was like if you don't get it the first time the second time the third time there's an escape theme in this yeah um but that was so much fun to write so i was actually watching what was i watching hocus pocus Mm -hmm. and then remember the the kettle where it's just like over pouring i was watching the movie and i was like this i just spaced out Mm -hmm. and somehow like I was like, two sisters, evil uncle, resurrected. They meet the mom, underworld, and they come back and they make a joke about a show at my shop. Boom. <laughs> and then I wrote the script. That's sick. <laughs> but it was like I was deep in thought, mm-hmm. like so deep. Um, and it's not an idea that I just had. It's like, in a way, culmination of 
my life experiences in this one particular moment, I guess. But the, but, but What's it about? the theme was given and then you had 60 days to make it a film, right? Yeah. So 60 days to write, produce, edit, submit. Was it, was it tight, the it timeline? Tight. Yeah. It, well, I usually like to be super prepared. Mm-hmm. So we filmed it quite early on. The thing that took the most time was the VFX. Okay. Because I don't know. I don't know why I did that to myself. But there was VFX in the script. So what we had did they VFX. entail? Like what was the VFX? It was simple. Okay. It was simple. But um, like a coworker of mine did me a ginormous favor. He's like one of the best VFX artists I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I got you. Wow. I said, really? You know, I'm not paying you. He said, <laughs> but you won you won you won the digi 60 for best screenplay right yeah best screenplay that's cool yeah that must have been like oh crap how did we do this i have no i genuinely i'm not even i was sitting in and i think this was only because i was in the movie as well i was acting in the movie Mm -hmm. so i was sitting in the whatever the the chairs and we're watching the screen and they say okay and best screenplay like they set it up they said the characters and the story was gripping and whatever. And I was like, oh, I guess it's not me then. <laughs> so I'm like, so I'm like sitting there and they say, Dina al Sawir. And I'm like, I don't move. I'm just like looking around. Loading. And then, yeah. And like someone from behind me was like, oh. It's okay. And like someone from behind me was like, isn't that you? I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah. I guess. No, it's the other Dina. Yeah, I, I guess. Um, so I'm like, what like i'm genuinely like looking i'm genuinely looking around mm-hmm. and all the pe- my friends were sitting around kind of and they were just like yes can you please dina just get up go go take the awards I was like, mm-hmm. okay i guess so i woke up i'm dead at like can you cuss on this yeah, yeah. well dead ass <laughs> that's dead not a cuss ass. <laughs> sorry mama <laughs> so Deadass, I'm walking to get my award, mm-hmm. and the f- the words fly out of my mouth. There's no thoughts at this point. I'm just like, "Are you sure?" <laughs> and like the person's like, "Yes, yes, we're sure. Please, like, come on." So, yeah. What a speech. <laughs> no, I did give a speech. Okay. I did give a speech. Your first your first uh, award as a director. Are yeah. you sure? <laughs> like I win an Oscar. I'm like. Are you sure? Can someone, can someone come take their Oscar? Because this is awkward. Yeah. No, it's yours. One day. One day when you win an Oscar, I'll be watching TV and you'll be like, are you sure? I'll be in the audience. Yes. It was always yours. That's hilarious. Um, that's really cool. So has that, you know, birthed more projects and opportunities from that? Yeah. I procrastinate a lot. So As most people do. As most creatives do. Mm-hmm. Um, and... And I say this quote all the time. People mm-hmm. are sick of it. Phoebe, Phoebe Waller-Bridge says that like 90% of writing is procrastinating. <laughs> and she's one of the best writers in the world. So I feel pretty good about my process. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, because I procrastinate a lot, this 60-day challenge made me realize, and it wasn't easy. Like the film that I wrote wasn't one of the easiest that I wrote, mm-hmm. so that I had written. So it made me realize if I can do that, I should be doing more films. Yeah. And are you? I mean, you said you filmed one yesterday. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Was that like a personal creative project? Yeah. That's part of like this endeavor where, Mm -hmm. you know, you just kind of, you just want to, like if if I was a pro basketball player, um, if I was a 
pro soccer player, I would be practicing every day. Yeah. So. It's a good way of looking at it. Yeah. You don't look at it as like, oh, like you look at it as just practice yeah. in the whole process. Oh, yeah. Are you funding this out of pocket? Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> hey, sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> We're right here. Yes, I'm, I'm funding this out of pocket and obviously with extremely kind people who are very gracious with their mm-hmm. time and expertise. So. Yeah. If you ever need crew, holla. Holla. Yeah. Obviously, I my, my full-time work is video production, but I'm always willing to expand into things that I've never done before because that's how I, that's how I find that's how you grow. Outside, it really is, yeah. Outside the comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you then, like, what does your day-to-day look like? Like, what are you working on now? What do you, what do, you do when you're not directing films? Thinking about directing. Yeah. <laughs> That's so nerdy and almost unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I do. I think about it probably twenty four seven. Yeah. Um. And <laughs> that's fine though. That like yeah. I mean, that's totally normal. If it's something yeah. you're passionate about, I imagine you're passionate about filmmaking. A little, yeah, a little bit. What? <laughs> Just a bit. It's something. Is it's that, something to fill fill the time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is that like? Does would you say filmmaking is like the one of the things that lights a fire inside of you, or are there other things that do that? No, I love being on set. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I'll be on like call time 4 a.m. Fine. Next yeah. day call time 4 a.m. Mm-hmm, sure. You don't mind? No. <laughs> yeah. It's fun. It's it's like I I'm bored in most situations in life. I don't know. If, no offense to. No, that's whoever I spend my time with. <laughs> <laughs> it's no. I mean, so so then like you just have unlimited energy for it's crazy yeah it's crazy like it could be the most boring set in the whole world Mm -hmm. and i will love being there i'll eat that up yeah (laughs) sets are very fun i find they feel like summer camp in a way oh we're like everyone's good like everyone's just kind of there and we're all just hanging out sometimes in a small space sometimes Mm -hmm. in a really cold space or really hot and it's like that like kind of community aspect of we're all in this together this yeah. sucks but we're all here together yeah. <laughs> or this is great and we're all here together yeah that it is, usually sucks mm-hmm. it's not sucks in a way like you hate it mm-hmm. but it's just hard like physically and all yeah. that stuff yeah you know you're 12 hours of moving heavy stuff around i mean mm-hmm. as a have you done other roles as on set oh yeah beyond just directing i've been a grip nice i showed up in a fur coat because it was cold <laughs> i was like who <laughs> <laughs> the fanciest grip I was grip. like where's the grip where's, I'm like I'm right here like full face of makeup yeah. like fur coat I said no <laughs> how did it go it was good yeah it was good I'm small but I'm strong yeah, yeah. gripping's fun sometimes it, like, I, I don't know if I would do it voluntarily again no I did a lot of gripping and behind the scenes shooting early on just because I wanted to look at how people did stuff yeah well as a cinematographer you sh- should yeah and I mean I think there are many opportunities for people to get into film sets in those positions, right? As a grip, as a BTS, as just a, you know, here's my time, whatever you need me for, I'm here. Like if someone says, Hey Dina, I want to work on your next film for free. Just let me know. I want the experience. Are you always open to, to that? Oh yeah. I love, I love that. I live for that because Mm -hmm. I mean, I used to teach kids i used to teach a film speaking of summer camp i used to teach a summer program for kids really intro to filmmaking in ottawa no back in bahrain that's cool so how old were the kids like 6 to 15 wow and then i did a workshop for adults which was nice Mm -hmm. but the kids i don't know like the vibe is good 
Um, and I don't treat them like children. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you have it in you. You tell me your amazing ideas and we'll make it happen. You know, they'll be, they'll be all, mm, I don't know if this is good. Or I'm doing like the kids, like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, Miss Dina, like maybe if we, I'm like, no, stop that. <laughs> you could do this. Tell me what you want. We'll make it happen. Um, and their, their imaginations are just inspiring really mm -hmm. so no i love love being there for people who want the experience because that's also i was in that position mm -hmm. and people were so generous with their time and experience with me why wouldn't i you know mm -hmm. be happy to do that as well mm -hmm. that's cool it's uh, kids are always fun to talk to because their their ideas are not i guess polluted by the world of an adult or the, yeah. i just like you know, whatever, like things come with growing older and being an adult, it can bog you down. And I, I, I admire the fact that you embrace that kind of like inner child uh, because it's rare. It is, it is rare to find people who are in tune with the inner child. Like the thing that made you excited and giggly as a kid still makes you excited today. And it's kind of guided your work. I definitely can relate to that. I love, I've loved cars since I was a kid, driving them, building them, fixing them, breaking them. And like, Cars are like one of the few things and the experiences that you come along. you say breaking them? Yeah. You got to break them to learn how to drive them. Oh, okay. I mean, within reason. <laughs> like, I mean, sometimes you, you push it to a limit and you break something mechanically or you literally drive it into a lamppost. But Oh, that's you, an interesting process. It's, yeah. It is. It's a... <laughs> cars are pain. It's anyone who's <laughs> involved in that. So, that's kind of how I started with cameras. I wanted to take photos of cars. And that's really? what put a camera in my hand at first. Um, and then it I just spiraled into... I was like, I really like the technical aspect of it. Because I like building stuff and fixing things. Yeah. And I was like, cameras are kind of similar. Like, you can build them. You can customize the way they're configured. And then you can achieve a unique result that no one else has because you've put things together in a very specific way. So like they still to this day make me giggle like a child, like driving them in certain situations or just really standing there looking at them after I've done some stuff. So oh, I, know, I, I know that feeling. Yeah. Where I you're just that. looking at it, you're like, this is great. You, just, like, you, feel, <laughs> you feel like completely so ridiculous. Nerdy. It is nerdy, but like, but I love that. <laughs> it is fun. And I think everything, everything is way too serious. Yeah. And I don't, like I try not to take everything so seriously because then everything's very boring. That's like, true. Like I'm always, yeah. I'm always walking the line of like, okay, I'm an adult. I got to take things seriously. And I'm on the adult of like, nah. uh, and then the other end of that spectrum is I just want to be happy and like I could die tomorrow. So why not just do something silly and have fun today? Like, mm. but it's like, no, no, you could die today. You could die today. You could die. No, <laughs> you could. I mean, a rocket could. I'm again, just saying the, the airplanes fly over. This. Yeah. Sometimes you hear them during these recordings. Yeah. Anything can happen. Yeah. But yeah, that, it, but it's, it's hard to balance because you still have to be a, a functioning adult yeah. <laughs> and you have responsibilities they have to tend to. But um, but Ramsey, tell me about this, um, this car process that starts with driving it into a lamppost. That, so do you. Beforehand, that was a mistake. So beforehand, do you drive around choosing like the perfect lamppost or does it like come to you in the moment? So that that lamppost situation, which I've actually never spoken about publicly. It's real. Wait, it's real? Yeah, it was it was a result of me. So there's a term called oversteer in a car and it's when the rear wheels want to overtake the front wheels, a.k.a. Mm. drifting. Oh, OK. Um, understeer. Oh, you're being fancy. With yeah. That. So I was I was snow i was young mm. and i was like little handbrake 
you know, mm. too con- got too confident mm. and uh, hit some ice. Usually I could control it on snow, but ice and it was dark, unpredictable ice. You have no grip. So proceeded to slide it into, smash it into a lamppost. Mm. Back door hit because I was going sideways. <laughs> <laughs> but thankfully my parents are great people and they didn't exile me into a <laughs> just deport you dungeon oh but <laughs> Back that, to London. it was very humbling and i i hate to say it but i learn from mistakes like with yeah. drones I've, I've been flying drones for a couple of years now i've crashed a few drones i've made many mistakes flying drones but every every mistake has taught me a lesson that i wouldn't have otherwise learned so same with cars i i do high performance driving i like to drive on racetracks and do some c- competition so where you, you're either racing against the clock or you're racing against other cars. And I find that those environments, you know, where you push yourself physically as a driver, and then you also push the machine that you're operating to its limits, and you sometimes break stuff. Mm-hmm. And, like, that that process is fun because you just, like, you're like what's going to happen? Let's find out. Yeah. Let's go as fast as we can and see what happens. <laughs> the fate, your fate is literally in the hands of this machine. Nice. And that's... Well, if you're a professional, which clearly sounds like you are. I, I'd like to think I'm a... I'm just saying that for legal purposes. Absolutely. Yeah. Dr- yeah. Driving, driven on a closed course. Mm. Filmed mm-hmm. on a closed course. Mm. Everything I've ever done in a car has been 100% legal. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I um, I got you. <laughs> so, so yeah, that, that passion for mechanical things and finding limits has literally like overflowed to a point where I didn't even imagine possible with video production, with the tools, with the processes, with like the scale of things and like the people that I'm working with. And it's, it's just, it's cool how one thing can lend itself to another. And, um, yeah, that's the lamppost. Yeah. No. You got that. I, I know I've never spoken about that publicly. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. I yeah. I didn't actually to, happen. Oh. It was a joke. <laughs> that oh. was really good. That's a really good imagination. I I fell for it. <laughs> That's how we save it. Um. Do you know what's the what, what <laughs> would you say is the most important thing you've learned so far along along your journey making films and you know embracing this kind of free spirited uh, approach. Can you say that again? What's the most important lesson that you've learned so far along your journey? Something that the dean of film said once. Uh, he made a... The dean of film? Of film. They said the dean of film. <laughs> it's very close. <laughs> the dean, so this was it during your master's? Yeah, during my ma- at, at grad school. But this is just like a, an announcement to everyone. Okay. But I don't know. For some reason, it just stuck with me. Yeah. And he said... This like your this is your first day. Your thesis project is due like at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. You can't make a movie by yourself. That's one. And then he said, "Don't come to me saying I can't find enough cast and crew to make my thesis project because filmmaking is about building genuine friendships with people and then making movies together." So he said, you have a year, be friendly, be nice to people, make friends. Because coming, af- coming to me after a year saying, you know, I, c- I couldn't find anyone to work on my movie is not an excuse. So that, like, I'm kind of social. But when he said that, I said, yeah, 
and like not expecting anything in return mm -hmm. but just genuinely sitting and listening to people and talking to people and getting to know people yeah because not just that like it's consuming life and that's what's gonna fuel your movies later on as well so i just kind of took that and i was like now i take every interaction almost like this you know like mm -hmm. so tell me more so tell me about yourself like genuinely listening yeah um because interesting people are interested people right that's a, that that resonates with me a lot thank you for sharing that that piece of advice because it's, it's we already do it i think but it's 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 one of those things that's like so obvious but it's never been put into words and it is yeah. something i do like it is a part of the reason for this podcast it is yeah. the, the networking and i'll maybe work on a project with with you 10 years from now that's true but it's it's the i, I really appreciate how you can't make a, what you said you can't make a movie alone and filmmaking is about friendships and stuff yeah. which is which is i think what makes it awesome yeah yeah it really is and if you see even like the biggest films they kind of work with the same people because mm -hmm. it's like being in a band yeah that's a good know? way of putting it yeah and then so the second thing where was i going with this the lessons i, I had three and then there was that one and then there was a second one mm -hmm. and then there was a third one so you forgot them. Mm. It's fine. If you remember, we'll come back to it. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I always do that. I set myself up. I'm like, I have three things to say. By the time I'm done with the first thing, the gone. other things are gone. <laughs> It'll be like 11 p.m. tonight. You'll just be like having a glass of water oh, or over pouring the kettle. <laughs> oh my God. That's what the idea was. That literally happens to me sometimes. I'll be still laying in bed and just like eyes open. I'm like, oh, I got it. I remember. Now. I got one. I got oh, one back. Okay, sweet. Um, okay yeah thank you yeah so oh oh my god both of them came back Sweet. okay i have to say it fast before i forget them okay so when you're making a movie f with people hmm. especially as a director you might feel a sense of responsibility mm -hmm. like oh, okay all these people are here to fulfill my vision um and if maybe the schedule runs a little late or if you need to ask an actor to do a scene again or mm -hmm. you're like like i don't want to be the bad guy but we need this yeah um don't feel bad not as in like you shouldn't care but everyone is giving you their time and energy and trusting you as a director for a finished project product for a finished product mm -hmm. that they can be proud of because it is part of their work too like they contributed exactly yeah so it, it might feel really bad in the moment mm -hmm. but push through get what you need and they will surely thank you for it later. they're not even going to remember how how annoying you were for that like yeah six take not that you should don't do lots of takes <laughs> definitely unless you have to unless you absolutely have to <laughs> um so yeah so that's one and then the 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 last one is kind of tied into that mm -hmm. like just take it easy on yourself you know watch playback like watch this is advice that i got recently actually because i was like i wanted to make sure everyone gets home on time and gets home early and whatever and the filmmaker i was talking to he's this really cool guy he's an amazing filmmaker here in ottawa and mm -hmm. his name's max mcguire oh awesome. i worked with max last yeah, year there you go he's cool he's really cool mm -hmm. so I was telling him, I was like, I like, I just wanted to, I said, well, he was, he was giving me feedback on dead and alive. Right. And I was like, well, 
because I was acting in it and directing it and I wanted everyone to go home on time and it was kind of cold and whatever and he was like so and I was like huh <laughs> and he's like so because if you take a couple extra minutes to watch your scene watch your shots back mm-hmm. and perfect them you will you'll be happier the movie will be happier everyone will be happy to have a much better product mm-hmm. um so yeah like go easy on yourself take the time to really look at performances and shots and things like that yeah and do what you have to do for mm-hmm. the for the sake of the movie because it's not not just because you're the director and it's your vision doesn't mean it's yours because mm-hmm. again like you can't make, you a, can't movie make alone. a movie alone I like that advice because it's something like as I've, you know, grown as a, you know, video creator and I've began to work with crews, you know, sometimes crews of three, two, four, whatever the number is. I I know that feeling of like, oh, yeah, I want everyone just to like, I don't want them to be uncomfortable. I feel bad. But I guess you do forget that they did agree to come and show up that day, which means they are willing to put in the time. And I just I remember, I mean, it's good to remember back when I, I've worked on film sets as a grip and like no one really said oh are you good to stand here for 20 minutes right they just did it but it was it was fine because then you just take a little break like yeah. you know um that is that is really good advice thank you for sharing that uh you know advice that you have or lessons that you've learned along your journey with, thank you for listening yes I th- learned them the hard way you did eh? and now you'll never make mistakes again yep I'm done yeah no mistake the only way to not make mistakes is to just completely stop doing anything ever that's true (laughs) that's still a mistake though (laughs) that is a mistake one thing we uh we chatted with remy terrio on the last episode he's a visual storyteller really cool dude photographer he told me mistakes are progress and that like resonated similar to how that first lesson you said where you can't make a movie alone like that line mistakes are progress just like just like glued in the in my head it's like someone took a nail and just nailed it into my brain there are some things that stick yeah they resonate because i feel like you can relate to them and you're like ah that is exactly what i wanted to hear that's kind of my hope with this podcast i hope it's guiding people and they're hearing things because you're bringing all of your years of experience into this conversation and then this is going out into the world and this could be potentially inspiring people for many years to come because mm-hmm. who, who knows yeah who knows was that what you were gonna say yeah like it's just it's a ripple you just kind of yeah. you we're go so for in sync yes yeah like the band that i don't know a single song of theirs oh, in no. sync in sync i i honestly sometimes this like hey it's not <laughs> snowing today that's <laughs> that's good it usually you just has, kicked me out you just said you gotta go well i mean fight for it <laughs> Okay, we'll fight with another question. Um, Tina, what is your dream location, camera kit, crew, project? Like, if someone said, here is a blank check and you get to make something, what are you going to do? Or, 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 like, what would you do? You don't have to go into detail if it's, like, a secret project that you want to do, but what what comes to mind? No, I want want it out there. Okay. I want this to happen. And I was just talking about this yesterday. Sweet. Perfect. I want a rock star movie. Nice. I want to act in it. As the lead? Uh, no. Or just be in it? No, I just want to be in you're it. Like, you're like Quentin Tarantino. You're just cameos and all the not, films. Well, not necessarily cameos. <laughs> like actual um, act, like, like yeah. character, yeah. Yeah, because um, I'm, I'm a drummer. And oh, that's so cool. I always 
again, childhood dream of mine. Sick. I just wanted to be in a movie as a drummer. Like a fictional one? Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't that be amazing? That is cool. And I would love, and I'm so into music. Like, I love music. If I was better at it than film, I, that would, that's what I would be doing right mm-hmm. now. Um, it's just really hard. So, <laughs> so, so is filmmaking. Really? Oh, well, I guess it, it just comes it's a little yeah. natural mm-hmm. to some people. But um, I wish music came natural to me. Anyways, so <laughs> no, definitely a rock star movie, um, something just like out of this world. And I definitely want to incorporate uh, like a Bahraini character somehow. That's cool. Um, something like, well, you, well, something like, well, obviously, you know, Majid Jordan. Mm-hmm. The singer. Yeah. One half of that is Bahraini. Oh, nice. Yeah, and he's like a guy from like a small country. He came to Canada and, mm-hmm. and then he kind of did it. Yeah. He did what he did and it worked out. So I think a movie about that would be incredible mm-hmm. and unique. And do you do you care for fancy cameras and, and like tools or are you more focused on like the, the story? I'm focused on the story mm-hmm. and pacing because I, I started off as an editor as well. What do you mean by pacing? So... Hmm. Like the implementation of the story, like pacing how it unfolds. How it unfolds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like things that are a little more like not quick, but mm-hmm. you know, like smooth, like the there's a flow, you know. There's there's movies that thrive on silence and like Yeah. Just look at this image. Understand it. I'm like like a music video almost. Okay. Um makes sense. You drum like you like higher yeah our bpm i guess yeah right mm. um and i was really uh <laughs> super super quick tangent yeah in my post-production class in grad school mm-hmm. um w- amazing incredible incredible instructor love the guy so much mm-hmm. don't tell him i said that i don't think he'd like that um but he was just so inspiring yeah and so he was like uh okay it was like the first class and he was like okay you know, everyone just maybe introduce yourselves or whatever. One fun fact. And it's always like the first thing I go to because it's super easy. It's like, okay, I play the drums. Yeah. So I was like, I play the drums. And he was like, okay, most editors do. Next. I was what? Like, wow. Well, yeah, because it's all about pacing for real. Interesting. Yeah. So wow. a lot of editors happen to be musicians, I guess. Yeah, there's a lot of ties with music and filmmaking. I guess. Most pe- a lot of people who are into filmmaking are also very passionate about music and mm-hmm. it kind of inspires them and guides I guess their crazy. vision. Yeah, that is cool. So, what Rockstar. Was the question? It was Rockstar. like if if you could like dream location. Yeah. Can I guess the camera kit doesn't matter if you have Oh, it like of course I love a crisp beautiful image. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah. I just maybe won't lose sleep over it yeah you don't if, care if it's a red or a black magic you're like well, whatever well i shot with a red for the first time yesterday wow and like la- la- well last sunday sweet for the film that we finished up yesterday how'd it go it was good it was good but i was looking at the footage and i was like like jaw on the ground no way so i think i'm gonna start Did you have nice lenses though yes it was, it was the, it's usually the lens that makes the image mm-hmm. no it was a red it was I don't know what lenses. Sorry, it's not really my forte. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but it was it was quite an experience. Like mm-hmm. doing, like just looking at it, I was like, "This is absolutely incredible." So now that I've seen what's out there, 
You're hooked. Yeah, I don't know if I can go back to not caring about tech. Yeah. But it, it'll take me some time to get used to it and understand it. And mm-hmm. um, hopefully, I've I've worked with DPs in the past who are so patient and kind. They were like, okay, so this is what's happening, like mm-hmm. tech-wise. Right. Um, and so I learned a lot from them. Mm-hmm. But I think now, Ari only, red only. Wow. Yeah. We're there. DSLR who? <laughs> what's a Sony? <laughs> Screw you, Sony. I feel that. I, I feel uh, it's easy to get kind of caught up in the, I guess, uh, fantasy about the camera being the reason you're going to get the well, image, but it's yeah. like not true. Yeah. Although, it's the story. it is a story, but I still, as a nerd, as you said, you know, being. No, I meant that in a, no, good, in a good way. way. I'm, I'm nerdy. I, like, pr- I'm not ashamed of the fact that I good. nerd out about this stuff. Good. You should. That's what's going to make. That's what makes you an mm-hmm. expert in your field. I want. Yeah. I, I, I love all the cameras and uh, I primarily shoot on black magics, but I've worked with reds and then Ari is the next stage. Yeah. This year. Just just because from a technical standpoint, like I'm fascinated with how that camera works. And like, that's yeah. like the that's the Lambo of cameras. That's, nice. that's the one where people are like, Whoa, yeah. this guy, this guy's me means business. Yeah. It's got an Ari. <laughs> Everyone knows what an Ari. Well, I feel like more people know what a red is over an Ari. Maybe just cause it's, I wouldn't know. I like, I've been in it. I feel too long. I don't mm-hmm. know what people know or don't know. Yeah. They're just tools at the end of the day. Yeah. Most, I feel like most people don't really care. Yeah. But it's also like, it's what you do with it. Mm-hmm. You know, like if I get an Ari in here and I film that wall, like, who cares if I filmed it on an Ari? Yeah. It's just <laughs> That's a such wall. a waste, you know? Yeah. So you, you, it has to be coupled with, you know, a talented DP and, a, and mm-hmm. a talented director and a good script. Yeah, that's true. So important. I'm kind of inspired to go for that Digi60 next year. Please do. And just like see what happens. I'll, I'll tell you more details about it later. Yeah. It's honestly, and it's the sense of community mm-hmm. and the connections that you build. And yeah. Like genuine, like, and like going to the screenings and seeing other people's films and meeting them and talking like for a nerd like me and apparently like you as well. Mm-hmm. I love, I like, I live for that. It seems like a fun project. Yeah. And I, I know people who would love to be a part of it too. If I said, yeah. Hey, let's go figure this out. Let's yeah. make it happen. That's yeah. cool. Because, like, I mean, we have the tools, right? Yeah, It's exactly. just a matter of what you're going to do with it. Um, Dina, do you have any advice for aspiring filmmakers? Yeah. Do you care to share it? Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have it, but sorry. Yes, I do. <laughs> None for you, aspiring filmmakers. Um, no, it, this is advice that I give every time I'm asked this question. Mm-hmm. Just make terrible movies. Nice. Yeah. That is actually great advice. Truly. But you have to like, learn. it's easier said than done. Like, I don't even follow that all the time. Like, give it your best, but still, if it's terrible, like, just Yeah, if it. it's terrible, just keep making it. Mm-hmm. Don't, like, get disheartened. Put it out there. Mm-hmm. It's scary. And most importantly, don't hate yourself for the mistakes that you made. Mm-hmm. It's a learning process. And then the more low stakes bad movies you make of your own like passion projects the more you learn yeah. that's that's like a i don't know there was a, a quote maybe i think tarantino or something you know f- feature f- if you make a feature film that's the best film school just making one yeah. it's about seeing, seeing the process through from start to finish yeah like that's more valuable than the whatever film may yeah. come out of it yeah that is cool do you have any messages to your future self Ooh. oh i like that you can watch back in like however many 
Oh my god, I period love of that. time. Yeah. Hey, girl. Can you? Sorry. <laughs> I love how seriously you take it, and you just go like into. Yeah. This is the actor coming out. Yeah. <laughs> yes, the performer. The performance. So, yeah. Hey, girl. I'm really proud of you. This is so embarrassing. Um, it's good to see you again. I hope you're doing good. I'm sure you are, because you're always booked and busy and thriving. And, um... <laughs> no, okay, messages for my future self. Seriously, seriously. I hope, I hope you ended up taking the advice that I'm giving out to everyone <coughs> all day, every day. And I hope you end up making movies that you don't fund out of pocket. I hope that you get plenty of funding and plenty of resources and amazing cast and crew that love to work on on your vision. And I hope you have a screenwriting partner that just is a screenwriting machine and just gives you the best scripts and you just get to make them. Bye. Signed, Dina. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. I wasn't, I honestly wasn't expecting like an actual, because usually it's like message to future self. Keep killing it. Or I thought it was just going to be like a brief, like three word, uh, <laughs> love is hard. <laughs> Life is hard. Waking up. <laughs> yeah. Waking up is hard. Breaking up is hard. That is the start. Mm. That's great. That's, I, I hope one day you look back on this and laugh at least. Uh, <laughs> yeah. but, but also have accomplished and have your screenwriting machine. That's not a computer and an actual human yeah. oh it might be an ai it could be AI. No, but i don't want that i like the human element for sure the human element's good because yeah. because it it is imperfect it it makes mm. mistakes yeah um not me though no Mm-mm. just never not you <laughs> never we're done we've made our last mistake that's it which is just doing anything ever again yeah. just completely stop here i'm okay. just gonna sit on this couch forever <laughs> not moving sorry nick and jen <laughs> um do you know how do you see we're gonna kind of wrap up soon but um the industry like a film filmmaking how do you see it evolving now that there's a lot of tech advancements and you know maybe more people wanting to enter like how do you see the industry evolving and where do you see yourself in it i have a very strong opinion on that maybe not the industry but types of movies okay like yeah so Usually eras of the world are reflected in the movies. Okay. So like in the 40s, like post-World Wars, the movie, like American movies, you have like Singing in the Rain, like things that are supposed to like make people happy again. And like mm-hmm. here, like even though there was a little bit of a war thing, don't don't worry about it. We got movies. Yeah. It's fun. Laugh. Um and so things like that. So mm-hmm. I think the era we're in now, post-pandemic, is people, I think, started to realize. I don't think. I really do believe this. Yeah. People started to realize the rules that were set in place in the world. Maybe, like, it was just a choice and we all just kind of went with it. And it's that kind of feeling of the world is a simulation. So technically we could just make a completely different choice and then start doing that. Like mm-hmm. people I think are starting to see the potential in things and change, Yeah, I guess. Um, so you see it in, in movies like everything everywhere all at once. Yeah. That was a cool one. You see it in movies like, um, sorry to bother you. I haven't seen that one. I'm pretty sure that's 
the name oh god it's okay i'm not gonna pull po- i'm not gonna pause again no these are um, like recent movies though right kind yeah. of yeah mm-hmm. i'll send them to you later mm-hmm. but they're like a comment on the world that we live in it's almost mm-hmm. um what's the word not surreal it's uh gosh there's a word for it but anyways everything everywhere all at once like it it considers you know parallel universes Mm -hmm. which i think we were all like oh like there could have been a parallel universe where you don't have to go into the office to work yeah because apparently the world can still work yeah if you get on your laptop and look at outlook at home or if you do that in an office so i think movies are starting to reflect that that like they're really commenting on the status quo so it's also seen in things like um there's a show called upload okay so it's about when you die your personality and your looks get uploaded into a hologram kind of thing Mm -hmm. and you're and that version of you only lives in like a retirement home kind of situation like a resort yeah like virtually virtually Mm -hmm. but only for the people who can afford it interesting and then there's a type of upload that's for people with less money but it's like every time you want to every time you want to eat a i don't know every time you want to burp you have to pay a certain amount of money wow like from your living family members cool concept so but it's an exaggerated version of if I want water mm. sustenance, I have to go pay for it. Like it's a comment on that. It's like on society. Yeah, it's like what if we just kind of rewrote mm-hmm. all the things that someone wrote like decades ago, and we just kind of stuck with it? It's. I think we can. I think we can. I think we're in a good place to like change it up a little bit. Yeah. So I think that's where the movies are going mm-hmm. in that direction. Um, I mean, like Doctor Strange. Is it Doctor Strange? The Marvel one? Yeah. I'm yeah. not super into Marvel, but it's like, it's things like that, I think. Mm-hmm. You have the Spider-Man multiverse. Like, that's what people want to see. Yeah. People want to see the what ifs. Because it's a, fun. Yeah. In a realistic way. Yeah. I feel, some people believe that movies are, and this is like touching conspiracy land, where they're made to desensitize you to what's to come. Yeah where it's like this orchestrated industry where they repeatedly show us things that are, you know, absurd or like so far-fetched, but over time they become normal, we become desensitized, and then those things become a reality. But it could also be the opposite, where it is just the reality being reflected back through the films. Like it's stuff that's already happening, and then it's exaggerated and reflected back to us. Yeah, art imitates life. Mm Mm-hmm and vice versa somehow yeah but um yeah i do i've, I've heard that and mm-hmm. i do think about that sometimes mm-hmm. but then i also think about i'm a filmmaker you're a filmmaker yeah and we're not trying to desensitize really never been a motive yeah. although i will say that as an individual in this modern world i feel very desensitized to like yeah literally any sort of visual yeah. piece you're like oh cool you know yeah. like i i regularly fly drones and that is one of the things where i still look at the drone i'm like holy shit like that thing is flying yeah and i look at airplanes and i'm just literally yesterday i was driving and i saw a plane taking off and the sun was hitting it like beautifully late afternoon and i was like that's freaking cool man like this giant piece of metal is going 300 kilometers an hour and it's just moving across this is so much energy being displaced and like i regularly look around the world that we're in 
And I'm just like taken back by how freaking cool it is. But also at the same time, I'm realizing how desensitized we are to cool stuff because there's so much cool stuff. Yeah. So that's a filmmaker brain. Mm -hmm. It's like noticing frames. Yeah. Look at the way the light is hitting that person. Yeah. And I do that too. I'm the <laughs> annoying person. Like when I'm out, I'm like, oh, <laughs> just, just everyone's like paying the bill, getting ready to leave. I'm like, wait, mental snapshot leave yeah yeah same. you need that that's good like it is fun that literally yeah. like the that's same like and people look at you like what like yeah I'm who like, cares? oh the way this light's hitting you right now looks so freaking cool like, yeah who cares sorry what <laughs> i wasn't even like my the people's brain are not even close to yeah. there yeah that's, but that's fun, good though. that's that, that childlike wonder right mm -hmm. and curiosity yeah i love light is one thing that fascinates me truly Ooh, that's my weakness is what like, like curating yeah like light. i don't understand how it works it's still so it's an, a never-ending onion is how I like to look at it where the layers <laughs> you peel a layer and there's then just 15,000 more layers beneath okay. it yeah that's the that's the analogy or metaphor whatever the never-ending onion I like that a lot actually because mm -hmm. you're like oh sick I like for example this set I'm like okay sick I know how to do like a three-point lighting setup and yeah you know sprinkle some stuff in the background but then I'm like oh but wait mm. there's more <laughs> or you work with yeah. someone and they do something a little bit differently and you're like oh I didn't even think of that. Nice. And like that just continues happening. That's that because it's a collaborative effort filmmaking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like that. That's cool. Well, but the uh, title of our next script, The Never Ending Onion. The Never. Oh my goodness. That's cool. I, I like, like that. that. Yeah. Yeah. I've never. We're still in. I never even thought to make that a <laughs> script. The Never Ending Onion. It's something I've mentioned many times on this podcast. Really. Of the Never Ending Onion. Stephen nice. Lord mentioned one, the the freight train of compromise, which I found pretty funny. Oh, that's. <laughs> he's like, that's it's very like, accurate. He's like, you, when it comes to production or anything, he's like, you can compromise one thing, but then the more things you compromise, the faster the train is going. That's true. <laughs> and then at one point, if you compromise too much, the freight train is unstoppable, and that's then true. it's just a mess. I found that one pretty funny. Uh, the never-ending onion, though, is coming soon to a theater <laughs> near you. Um, <laughs> Dina, thanks. That was, a, that was a fun conversation. I very much enjoyed learning about your perspective and your approach to things. And I appreciate the fact that you embody that childish spirit or childlike spirit in what you do because it's it's cool. It's, it's exciting. And it, it reminds me to not be so serious about everything, even though, you know, there's a million things you can let yourself get bogged down by. Or you can just choose to be like, ah, oh, whatever. It's it's external to me. Screw it. Move on. Mm. Do something fun. Um, so thank you. Thank you for coming. Thanks for your time. Mm. Before we wrap up, I want to ask a couple rapid fire questions. Oh. Just for fun. Okay, okay, hold on. Do rapid fire questions? Yeah. Okay. I'm ready. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. How rapid? No, no, I'm ready. When I say rapid, I mean like just quick response. Like you don't have to answer within a second, but. No, I could do short it. Short response. Okay. <laughs> Sunrise or sunset? Sunrise. Okay. Would you rather watch a movie with bad audio or bad video? <laughs> you got me there. <laughs> bad. Sorry, guys. Bad audio. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I feel like most people would say the other bad video. Really? No. That's okay. Um... If you had to pick one, directing, screenwriting, acting, which one? Directing. Okay. No hesitation. <laughs> no hesitation. What is your guilty pleasure? <laughs> <laughs> Something you spend too much money on or indulge in, like, you know, that you're like not necessarily super proud of, but you do it anyway. Like like twenty dollar coffees from Starbucks or Oh no. Um 
$20 coffees? I don't know. <laughs> so that's an exaggeration. Have you ever been to a Starbucks? <laughs> okay, more like eight, which is still too much for it coffee, is, yeah, by the way. Yeah. Oh my gosh, guilty pleasure. These are not rapid fire. Lenses. Are these, these too are deep? Like, yeah, they're deep. Okay, like, sorry. This is what keeps me up at night. <laughs> Maybe... Like the type of paper you print your script on, is it like super nice? Mm. No, but that's good. Keep giving me ideas. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. I'd say my guilty pleasure is um, cars, spending way too much yeah. money on things I don't necessarily need but want. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, I guess props. Cool. I get carried away <laughs> and I'll buy props for a movie we'll never use. <laughs> like, I'm like, but you might. We might. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I'll roll up on set. I'm like, I know we set the script like weeks ago, but. I got five props. Can we include these? Like, I don't know how or why, but no, I know why, but I don't know how. Yeah. Let's try. Okay. That's cool. Rarely That's a fun does one. it work out. <laughs> and then you just have like a room of props in yeah. your house that is just like the films that never got made. Mm, um, yeah. And then last one, who is your favorite filmmaker? Pass. Okay. <laughs> I don't have a favorite. I me can't. neither. Yeah, I can't do it's it. It's not Dina? It's me for sure. You're the favorite filmmaker. Yeah. Is that it's Dina with a lot more uh, funding. That's cool. my fave. Oh wow! No, no, no! It's Dina, because at the core, she doesn't need she doesn't need money. But it would be cool if someone said, "Here's a million dollars, go make a movie." Yeah, I don't know if I would need a if I had a million dollars, I would make like ten movies. That's that's a very good way of looking at it. Yeah, you don't need to make one no big one. You don't need a million dollars. No, no, you just need friends. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> the million dollars is the friends you made along the way. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, you can't quantify friendship. It is not financially um, quantifiable, if you will. True. Uh, but yeah, so on that note, we'll end it here. Thank, Thank you, you very much. No, I do want to say this was absolutely wonderful. It was lovely speaking with you. Thank you. I almost can't believe that we just met an hour ago. Mm -hmm. um, and thank you. Yeah. And I, I look forward to hopefully maybe working with you in the future or seeing more of your stuff. And Absolutely. I'm glad we did this. Thank Likewise. you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening and watching. <laughs> I hope you gained uh, some insight into the mind and world of Dina al Sawir, who traveled across oceans to be here right now. Uh, not to be here on this podcast. Yeah. It, one, one thing I will say and this is something I think about often, is every single thing in your life has led up to this point right now. So every decision you've ever made has brought you to this set, to this podcast. And it's just, I feel like that's kind of a reminder to like stay focused and, and be present in, in the world and not get... That's something I have to literally explicitly remind myself because I forget all the time. I think like 14 steps ahead and then I'm like, yeah. wait, no, come back. Yeah, um, but thank you. I, I'm glad that all the decisions you've made in your life have led you to this podcast. And I hope that you gain some value from it. And um, we're going to keep making these because these are fun to make. We're meeting some really, really cool people in the Ottawa area. And uh, all of Dina's information will be down in the description below. You can reach out to us uh, through Instagram, through email. And we'd be happy to chat if you want to be on the show, if you want to submit questions, feedback, whatever it is, if you just want to chat. We also have a Discord community, which is linked down below where we just chat, you know, open dialogue. Whatever you want to talk about or share, it's a, it's a fun place to chat. Uh, thank you to Midnight Hour Studios for, uh, you know, this beautiful space, which we've been very much in enjoying recording in. Thank you to our editor, Ryan, and uh, thank you for watching. We'll see you on episode 16.
which is the next episode. Have a good one. Oh, stay creative. That's what I wanted to say. <laughs> Explosive transition. <laughs> star, star fade. Rocket ship. Ryan, rocket ship. Please. You can do it. He's a 3D artist sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Okay, man, this episode's going to take like 40 days to edit because we need a rocket ship. <laughs> <laughs>